It's the Monday edition of NHL Fantasy on Ice. Rob and Pete dig in on Taylor Hall. Is it time to trade for him? And if so, who do you give up to get him? Plus, we collectively put our hands together for the one and only Tony Duke. and give out top-shelf DFS advice, hand out best bets, and have a special value parlay out there for you all to consider. Lining pockets for decades. What's up, everybody? Monday morning here on NHL Fantasy on Ice. Jensen and Reese talking fantasy, talking potential trades with all these Taylor Hall rumors and all the fantasy info that you need uh, heading into the holiday uh, break. What's up, everybody? Happy last week before the holidays here, boys. Duke. The The Duke. Duke. The Duke. (laughs) Big Anthony DeClaire. Duke Duke of Earl. Earl. Earl, Duke of Earl, showing up Tortorella with the hat. He loved mm-hmm. to see it. That was awesome. Uh, if he's available in your league, pick him up. No questions asked. Just get him. Don't care what team he's on. But another player, Pete, I think that could be in, involved in some trade rumors. That's it here. for Duke. That was pretty quick. You know why? Because we're gonna Wait we're gonna second. break it down later. Okay, all right. We're gonna break it down. Okay, Pete, you have anything to say on Duke before Robbie starts to steer the ship in directions that we don't really know where he's going? Yeah, if I remember correctly, I said he. We can go back and find the audio, but I said he's a lineup lock for Saturday, and he got the hattie, so I like oh, okay. that one. Very nice, uh, Peter. I think little... Dave said that though, right? No, I said. it. <laughs> I know, <I'm> just <laughs> all right. But well, anyway, good weekend of pucks. Uh, some injury info like Nikita Kucherov uh, blocked a shot and left the game Uh, we hope he's not out very long but like yeah let's get to this Taylor Hall thing Um, I think he could land in any number of places there are rumors about like four or five different potential landing spots but to me uh, for fantasy I'm wondering should you trade for him right now before he is traded and take the risk. What do you think, Rob? I think so, for sure. I mean, there's there's really limited risk to it. You know, the landing spots that have been rumored, you can look it up, but it's all over that Colorado, Arizona, Florida may be cooling off on that, but still, and, and St. Louis is another one that's interesting too. I think, you know, hey, if you can get this guy, you might as well. The price is going to be low now. If he ends up with Colorado, it's going to be too high after the trade deadline. One thing I will throw out there in terms of dates to watch, December 19th at midnight is the NHL trade freeze. Hopefully the deal gets happened before then because I, I have this guy starting in a week-long league where I need to set my lineup, I, and I'm not getting any games from him. Well, for now, you got to bench him in the week-long league because he, especially if you set it at the lineup at the beginning of the week because he's been held out for precautionary reasons each of the past two games against Colorado and Arizona. My one thought and one question is, if I had Taylor Hall right now and I was a fantasy player, why would I trade him? Why am I trading yeah, him? If I know selling he's, low, I, I yeah. get it, but I'm holding. No, but I'm, I don't like that. I don't like selling low. I mean, there's no exactly. You're so wouldn't be you really, unless you don't follow. Unless you're not on social media, and that's the only scenario I can think of. If you're just kind of checked out and just wheeling and dealing on your own in mm-hmm. life, which is fine. I, I actually advocate for not having social media, but I have to for work. So if you are one of those people that don't have it, you probably would be inclined. Maybe oh, what's the appeal of Taylor Hall this year? But if you're on social media, probably like 99% of our listeners, you're not trading this guy. I think if you're listening to this program, you're a pretty diehard fantasy player, and you're not trading Taylor Hall at this very moment. Mm-hmm. I think if he lands on Colorado or another team with better players around them, Taylor Hall is going to produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is, and he's going to play on power play one. Even if he's on a second line somewhere, he's going to play on power play one. 
and hopefully get back to that level from two seasons ago. But yeah, for right now, it's like, it's sad. I mean, these weeks are passing by. P.K. Subban still stuck at five points, right? We were, Robbie found a good stat today. Uh, Jonathan Bernier, mm-hmm. timeshare goaltender for the Detroit Red Wings, who just lost 12 in a row at one point, mm-hmm. has three points on the season as a goaltender. So it's very impressive stuff from Jonathan Bernier. Hopefully you get a little <laughs> bonus in DFS. I actually want to ask FanDuel about that. But let's turn it ahead to some more waiver wire chatter. And for that, we'll bring in waiver wire James, who writes our top 10 waiver waiver wire pickups of the week on nhl.com backslash fantasy let's kick it off with the duke here what do you like about him well he is right now the most productive fantasy player that the ottawa senators have he leads the team in both goals with 18 and points with 25 um he has 104 shots on goal so far this season and right now in his past uh six games he has uh, eight goals, so uh, he's just absolutely lighting the fantasy landscape on fire at the moment, and uh, you know, he has a, a handful of what I would say uh, pretty favorable matchups coming up right now with how um, a lot of these teams have played in the run-up until we get to Christmas. They play the Florida Panthers tonight, who have been shaky. They play the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow night, who have also been up and down Nashville later this week. Philadelphia, who just got lit up over the weekend, and Buffalo. So um, with the way that Duclair is producing right now, his fantasy schedule over the next week or so, um, and the fact that I think he's going to be a a hot commodity uh, come the trade season uh, as we get closer to the end of February, if not before then, to get potentially moved to uh, a Stanley Cup playoff contender. Um, I definitely like where Anthony Duclair is now and for the rest of the year. And Duclair is now tied for ninth in the NHL in goals very quietly with 18. And you mentioned yeah, his contract status. He's coming up at the end of the year. He's an RFA. Pajot, who he just passed on his own team, is a UFA. Which of those guys do you think stands to benefit more fantasy-wise if and when they get traded uh, down the line here? It kind of depends who they go to. I think Pajot might right now be the more hot commodity because he's probably going to cost the contender less more as a rental since he would be a uh, a ufa where duclair would be an rfa so typically for those players the team's going to have to pay a little bit more for the fact that they're most likely going to keep that player beyond the end of this season um right. I, I would say that Peugeot probably uh, i would trust a little bit more uh just because duclair has been very streaky throughout his career and uh you know Peugeot has consistently just started to produce more and more over the last few years but uh Duclair definitely was a was a highly touted prospect with a lot of skill, and he's starting to show it now, being given that opportunity that he really had never seen with the Rangers out in Arizona with the Coyotes or with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Val Nachushkin cracked your list this week, James, for the Colorado Avalanche. Is that a player that you view has a higher gear in him, or what's the appeal of picking him up? I think the appeal of picking him up is his exposure to the Avalanche's offense. Uh, you know, when you look at what he's done this season, yeah, he only has 10 points in, in 28 games. Um, he scored a goal in their win against the Devils on Friday, extended his point streak to four games. Um, in his last 12 games, though, he has nine points and 31 shots on goal. So, you know, right around <clears throat> late November, he really started to kind of find a different gear in his game. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Avalanche, obviously we've seen some flux with the injuries in their lineup. So if he keeps producing at this level, 
there's a chance if somebody like an Andre Burakovsky or a Yunus Donskoy falls off, um, they could potentially elevate him up into that elite top six that we know uh, the Avalanche have. But I, I like where Nachushkin is right now. He seems like a very different player from those years ago when he was playing with the Dallas Stars and never really living up to the potential that everybody expected him to. Mm-hmm. He went back overseas for a few years, kind of found his game, and now he seems to be settling in as a, as a very solid middle six player um, on, a, on a playoff contender. So um, I would say those guys definitely in deeper leagues are guys that could uh, potentially down the line help you uh, win a, a fantasy championship as a spot pickup. But I like where he is right now, and especially if he gets an elevated offensive role. It's amazing with that long history of professional hockey. He's only 24 years old, so still some untapped potential for sure for Nachuskin. James, the Detroit Red Wings won not one but two games last week all of a sudden after the long losing skid. They have some streaming appeal between Hronik, Zadina, Mantha's back from injury. Why do you like Zadina? Where, where do you see him slotting in the rest of the way? Yeah, he's seven points in his past uh, seven games, and, and he was, he's was he been playing in the top six consistently. Um, it, it seems like they're finally going to give him an extended look. Uh, you know, we knew what kind of a, of a prospect he was when they drafted him. A lot of people, I think, expected him to be at the NHL level last season because uh, we, we expected the Red Wings to be in more of a rebuild last year, and it seems like they're in more of that rebuild mode uh, this year. So I think that they're finally just giving him the chance to play in that top six with the exposure to guys like Mansa, like Bertuzzi, uh, Athanasiu, Dylan Larkin. Um, he was skating on that first line when Mansa was out recently. Now that Mansa's back, they are on that second line. I believe Val Filpula is centering that line right now, so obviously not a great center there. But Zadina and Mansa definitely seem to have some chemistry so far in the few games that they've played together. And a guy like that with the amount of talent and the, the amount of uh, stature that he had coming out as a prospect, um, he's one of those guys where when he finally starts to get the opportunity that he's getting, he's somebody you should be watching out for now and long-term because he is in the building block plans for the Red Wings going forward. Pavel Fransu has been, if not the best goalie, one of the best over the past two weeks in the NHL. Do you believe he could take the starting job from Philip Grubauer? I mean, we touched on this a little bit last week just because of the fact that Grubauer has an injury history, and, and this season he's already uh, missed time uh, about two or three times already with injuries. So, um, you know, having that solid goaltender behind him uh, to push him is definitely something uh, that's, that the, the Avalanche are happy with because we've seen what – level he has performed at right now. Um, if he keeps it up, absolutely. He's 4-0-1 with a 1.90 goals against and a 9-4-4 save percentage in his past five starts. In the absence of Grubauer, uh, he's 9-2-0 on the season right now. So I, I think with how everything is shaping out and the fact that I just don't know if you can trust the health of Grubauer for the remainder of the season, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely not be surprised if at worst he pushes it to uh, a timeshare, which is, I think, mm-hmm. where we're going to get, especially the fact that they play uh, four games this week, including a back-to-back. So um, I, I definitely think that he's somebody should be targeting right now for the remainder of the season as either a handcuff, if you do have Grubauer, or a standalone option, mm-hmm. especially if he's available for like a spot start in your league. 
James, we got a good fan question. I wanted to give you first crack at it. So Pavel Franksu or Linus Allmark, who has points in eight of his past nine games for Buffalo emerging as the starter there, who do you like more for the rest of the season, Franksu or Allmark? You know, that's a really great question. And if you look at my list uh, of the other goaltenders to consider, Allmark is the first goaltender that I have on that list behind right. Franksu. So... <laughs> Um, I, I would probably say I trust the team in Colorado a little bit more, but right now with the way things are shaping out, I think if you're looking for somebody who has the potential to see more bulk starts um, and the opportunity to you know, garner wins, I would say it's Allmark right now. It looks like he's going to really uh, get the nod going forward to run with it just because of the drop-off that we've seen from Carter Hutton. Um, but the, the, the player that I trust and the team that I trust more would be Colorado. So, um, you know, if you don't need the consistency of the starts that Allmark seems that he's going to be getting right now, uh, I would go with Colorado. I'm with you on that one, James. I think Francois is the guy there, too. And even if it's just one or two starts per week, I think you're going to get better numbers with Francois. Last question for you. Robert Thomas is on the list for the St. Louis Blues, arguably the most potential on this whole list. What do you expect from him the rest of the season? I think that it just kind of depends on where he ends up slotting in. You know, he had been in the top six for a, a good run there, and now he's been dropped down onto that uh, third-line center role. So um, it, it kind of depends on if he works his way back up into that top six. Um, we know what kind of a team that is. They they have shown no hangover this season from winning the Stanley Cup. Um, they really have shown uh, no real loss of, of losing an elite player like Vladimir Tarasenko. They've mm-hmm. been able to keep the offense consistent. So, um, you know, a guy like him, if he can keep producing in any situation, whatever line he's on and whoever he's playing with, uh, you know, kind of a little bit of a Swiss army knife for them to just, you know, pl- platoon at different parts of their lineup. So I definitely like Robert Thomas for the rest of the season. Um, and, and I especially if he cracks back into that top six. But right now, playing um, on that third line and the second power play, very, very productive as of late, six points uh, uh, or seven points in his past seven games right now with eight shots on goal. So um, I definitely like the production level, but I'd I'd trust him a little bit more uh, if he could crack back into that top six. James, great insight as always. Uh, We'll check back with you after the holiday break, my friend. Thanks for coming on as always, man. Always great, guys. I'll talk to you later. You can catch Waiver Wire James at jharding underscore hockey. And during that interview, Pete, I kept thinking to myself, you know what? Maybe there is a situation in which you could land Taylor Hall. But I think if you look in our rankings, Taylor Hall's 55 overall. I think if you look maybe in the 25 to 35 range for forwards, if you kind of sell one of those guys, it'd be a gamble, but you could probably get Hall. You, you should look at the Yahoo rankings and see who has overachieved. I wouldn't quite trade like a Svechnikov for Hall because he's been so good on the power play. He has chemistry with all those young players in Carolina. But guys, I would maybe trade maybe a Jacob Rana because he doesn't play on the power play. If he cools off a little bit at even strength, you could get a win there. And then also a JT Miller who's starting to cool off a little bit but has great peripherals on the season and a very high rank in Yahoo. Well, the problem in our rankings is that Vrana and Miller are both behind Hall. So I think, you know, that that might not go through. But if you're but, looking at a player that 
legitimately could land him. It might be like a Max Pacioretty. It could even be like a Line A. But that's where you start to really mortgage your fantasy future on one player. Well, I think that's why we have Taylor Hall ranked ahead of the other two is because we believe in Taylor Hall, especially with a change of scenery. So I think we drew the line there, and the evidence is that we have both of those players ranked above uh, ranked behind him. Absolutely, and it's probably the biggest storyline in hockey. We'll get to some other things, though, now. Uh, you know, over the weekend, it was nice to see a couple things. Uh, Rick Bonus had a nice showing, I guess, for his first couple games. Even um, Elaine Nazardine for the Devils got his first W over Arizona. I think PK had a point in that one. So I guess some new coaching trends, which is it's nice to see. And Bob Bugner as well uh, had the win on Saturday night against Vancouver. And interesting line for them. They had Couture stacked up top with uh, Timo Meyer and Evander Kane and Timo Meyer scored. Timo Meyer, uh, we talked about him. He could benefit from this move a little bit and the Sharks got off the schneid a little bit. Now one team that's trending down for all the wrong reasons is the Nashville Predators. Mm -hmm. Another tough weekend for them. They head to New York on Monday night. Is it, what's the fantasy pulse on that team, Pete? We have DeShane playing wing now. We have Philip Forsberg that is underachieving. I don't think it's necessarily his fault. Uh, and then you have a loaded defense core that really isn't returning much value anymore. Yeah, and I saw like Ekholm was day-to-day, missed the game. Ellis, I actually uh, cut the cord on him in one of my leagues because uh, I needed to pick up a forward. And uh, I didn't. I was torn between like... Olafson and Dadanov and Dadanov got moved off the top line over the weekend so but I didn't want to risk it and drop uh, Dadanov for Olafson so I ended up cutting the cord on Ryan Ellis to make room and the reason why I'm doing it it's like a safe play but the upside because Nashville's not scoring mm-hmm. and Nashville is underachieving there's just not a ton of ceiling anymore unfortunately now do you think that's a team that because they have made the playoffs consistently for the past five seasons or more, mm-hmm. that you would buy low on in the second half. I mean, look no further than the St. Louis Blues last year. I guess we had similar concerns about them. I don't think we're doubting Nashville's talent. They do have it, but I think of it's course. just not working out for them chemistry-wise. Yeah, the concern for me is like we're talking about all these coaches and under Laviolette, like the past three years have, has been a steady decline. They've gotten worse and worse every year. Last year, barely made the playoffs. First round exit did not look good in that series. And now this year, they're in danger of missing the playoffs entirely. So Mm -hmm. what else can you say? The team needs a spark somehow. Maybe it will come whenever Arvidsson comes back because he is one of their glue energy guys that scores in all situations despite uh, where he's playing in the lineup well you saw that similar situation I guess with Montreal this year when they lost Jonathan Druin and now with the Philadelphia Flyers who lost Travis Konechny they had a little bit of a tailspin over the weekend got absolutely pummeled by the Jets who honestly I think they could have scored 10 the Flyers I mean we talked about it on Friday Pete I thought that they would sort of reverse this trend of playing so badly on the road they did not this weekend shows that the Flyers still have a long way to go to sneak into the playoffs. And that starts with winning on the road and playing well on the road. They played well against Colorado, but they didn't play well against the Wild, and they didn't play well against Winnipeg. And it's a, honestly, it's a tough situation for them because you mentioned Konechny's injury. Now Oscar Lindblom is likely out for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're praying for him that he can get through this battle with a rare form of cancer, but uh, he was... Hate to even talk about on the ice, but he was tied for their league lead in goals. Mm-hmm. It's it's unfortunate. You can't, you couldn't have foreseen something like that, and it just makes matters worse on the ice uh, with 
connect me out at the same time. Well, the $7 million man, Kevin Hayes, is going to need to get going. That's a player that's going to mm-hmm. need to step up production-wise big time. So we'll see what that's all about. It's funny, though. I remember saying on the show a couple of weeks ago, you can't start Carter Hart on the road. I should have listened to myself because I made that mistake over the weekend. Nearly lost in fantasy, but still squeaked out a small 5-3 to three W. <laughs> I said it on Friday, and I won't harp on it. Can this guy learn how to handle the puck? Holy moly. Oh, boy. Just don't is, go after it anymore. It is rough. Just stay away from it or cover up. Stop trying to make plays on the puck, Carter Hart, please. And they need some of these other guys to step up, like our points-only league. I have Giroux, and he's just, even over the weekend when they put uh, Couturier on the line with Giroux and Voracek, mm-hmm. uh, not much doing, and I'm in kind of a situation where I need to start benching him in the weekly format. Going back to Nashville, and this is not fantasy-related, but wanted your thoughts on it. It seems like Minnesota got the better end of that deal. Kevin Fiala, mm-hmm. okay, oh, yeah. I think Nashville is regretting that move. I think Nashville, Kevin Fiala had a bad year, but he's a good player. I think they may regret that for years to come. you got to imagine Paul Fenton is maybe having a last laugh a little bit because he's <laughs> uh, no longer the GM, but yeah. that actually looks like a good trade in hindsight for sure. It does, and really the Wild are coming up organically on every show, so you might as well just say, <laughs> Uh, unfantasy related here, but Bruce Boudreau, hell of a job uh, behind the bench this year. Do you? Li- I know he's had some points lately, didn't have one in the last game against Chicago, but uh, Ryan Donato is mm-hmm. actually getting a top six role right now at center where we thought he might play when he was with the Bruins, then he got moved to the wing. He's been on the wing a lot, but he's back at center with Parisi and Fiala. Fiala had a little two-goal ga- two game. Every person that you just mentioned there is worth a stream on the waiver wire. I know that you might not have these guys for the rest of the season, but with the way the Wild are playing right now, entering the holiday break, you've got to get all over those guys, DFS and season long alike. Back to Nashville, they play at the Rangers on Monday. The Rangers have a nice slate this week uh, for their uh, fantasy purposes. They play Monday, Friday, and Sunday, so they play on the off nights uh, for most teams. So get a couple of them in your lineup. Panarin, you got to build your lineup around him at this point. Uh, goals in four straight and is just piling up the points at this point. And for Nashville in this contest, there's really no DFS appeal. I mean, the only thing that you would be rostering Predators here if you're trying to hit a low ownership home run and win the whole slate. But mm-hmm. as a fantasy person that gets, you know, on the show to give advice every day, I cannot for the life of me tell you to get Nashville in your lineup tonight. And when I looked at this line, I immediately said, I'm going to take the Rangers as home dogs tonight. Nashville minus 145. Why are they are favored? You kidding me? Well, that's that's what I'm saying. You know, that's instinctually <laughs> wow. that's what I thought. But again, this is a fishy line. They want you to take New York and watch. Watch what happens, listeners. Watch what happens. Nashville is going to win this All game right, in MSJ. I'm, but you can't take Nashville at minus 145. No, I'm reversing my course here because I have personally been burned on this logic mm-hmm. four or five times this year. I'm taking Nashville tonight. And, and and honestly, I think this little road trip, them getting on the plane together, rallying around, little chemistry, little hotel, five-star edition in New York City, great Michelin-star meal last night. They're going to be feeling good today. They're going to come out flying. And, hey, New York Rangers just got back from a tough Cali road trip. Not easy to do that travel and play. So I do. I'm taking Nashville. I'm with the gamblers on this one. It's true. I like Tony D'Angelo's home splits. He was a guy that was on James's waiver wire list. I think he's been on it before. I mean, he's very quietly, I think, top 10 mm-hmm. among defensemen in scoring this season. One of the biggest fantasy steals of the season because he was not drafted at all. He has good home splits, 15 points in 16 home games. And yeah, the only 
good news I can find for um, Nashville Predators from fantasy standpoint is that Matthew Shane finally got right wing eligibility. So not bad. Took long enough. Not but bad. He's got it. So other slate uh, information tonight: Ottawa and Florida. This one's interesting because Barkov had a little injury scare over the weekend, and even when he played in that game, now he practiced on Sunday, so I think he should be okay. We'll see though. Um, but their line combinations. Without that top line of Barkov and Huberto together, really don't look so hot. So I think Quenville probably learned that quickly. They'll have to go back to that combo. But for DFS, man, it, it looks like the Senators might might have more value here. I think maybe you get a little Brett Connolly action in your lineup. He's playing with Barkov and Frank Vetrano for as long as that lasts. But Connolly certainly deserves it. Uh, he's in the teens and goals this year and is having a breakout season. From Ottawa's standpoint, we talked about him. Anthony Duclair is only 5,100, I believe. Mm-hmm. In FanDuel, I mean, I mean he should be in, in like fifty. He should be in like thirty percent of lineups for sure. Easily, he should be in sixty percent, seventy percent, eighty percent, especially against Bobrovsky, <laughs> who's been known to be a little leaky this year. Now, Washington visiting Columbus tonight. They win almost a hundred percent of games in Columbus. It seems like. I mean, if you're betting Columbus at home, dog, you know, God bless you. Yeah, they beat him last week, but I don't see it happening again, especially the way like Nick Backstrom's playing in that league I was talking about where no one's stepping up for me between Giroux and Sagan. And I, uh, you know, Dadanov moved off the top line, like I said. Um, you know, that's been my source of production lately for sure. Nicholas Backstrom since he came back from injury. I feel like every show we're talking about how fantastic the Capitals have been, and they have been. And maybe one of the most impressive wins of the weekend was them beating Tampa Mm -hmm. got two quick goals in the third period and they never looked back and they win. And by the way, just going back on Tampa, if you took the under season point total, we talked about it at length before the season. Mm -hmm. It's a winner at this point. It's an absolute winner. And, and, And that was one of the most head scratcher bets I've ever seen. Because how could a team repeat that performance? Why would they want to, honestly, in the regular season? That's almost more the bigger thing, right? Yeah. They could maybe if they wanted to, but they wouldn't want to after the way things played out last year. Good point. So Western Conference games this evening, boys. This is where there is some value on the slate. We have Colorado Road Dogs getting a little bit, well, you you could make some scratch on this. St. Louis is minus 115 at home. Colorado's been playing really well. Bennington's had a little bit of concerns lately. Do we like the Avalanche's Road Dogs here? I think they can win the game for sure. I'm, I have my eye on Philip Grubauer, and he's been practicing. I want to see if he could potentially return for this game. Check back with us at 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon and see how we feel about this one once we know whether or not Grubauer might be back. I'll tell you how I feel right now. If Grubauer is starting, hammer the Blues hard. I mean, throw $150 on that one if Grubauer is <laughs> starting because this is going to be the narrative. Grubauer starts and loses – all the media people are going to be crying for Pavel Fransu to be back in there, be the number one guy, and let him ride for a little bit. So if Fransu is starting tonight, though, don't touch the game. Fransu has been absolutely incredible. This is a Bobby Watch game. This is a this <laughs> it's BWG. Is, let's just sit back and watch. It's a coin flip game. I have no sense. If a gun was put to my head, I would probably take the Blues at home tonight. But... I have no pulse on it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel strongly one way or the other. I do like your logic with the Grubauer scenario, though, because Fransu has been great. Grubauer gets to start. He gets blown out, and then the narrative starts. You know, the, the storylines mm-hmm. begin. 
and Nazem Kadri too. He missed a couple of games before. Now he's like all of a sudden day-to-day as well. So that's another injury note to watch. I did see, though, that Makar is not traveling with the mm-hmm. Avs for this brief two-game road trip. And Yahoo, he's on IR now. So if you do have an IR plus slot, make sure you make that move. Have a free roster spot available. There is one more game on the slate tonight, Pete. Edmonton, Dallas, Edmonton Road Dogs here. Man, this one's tough for me to predict, honestly. You got to spend up for Radulov. He has points in four straight. He got the kickstart he needed. He's thriving under the new coach, uh, Rick Bonus, like we mentioned. Edmonton's lost four in a row. I can't envision Dallas losing this game, just to be frank. I mean, it's just the two-man show. There's not a lot of appeal other than maybe spending up against the grain, but like really against the grain for McDavid or Drysaddle? Give me the stars at home. I'm I'm almost siding with the Oilers on this game because I cannot see a team with the top two leading scorers in the National Hockey League continuing to lay flat. Mm-hmm. So I think just on that logic alone, big game for McD, big game for Leon. And the only thing I'm really looking out for Edmonton is is who is going to take that number one goalie spot and lock it down. Neither. I think neither, <laughs> the way they've been playing lately. Yeah. And I just don't have much trust in Mike Smith, veteran stages of his career. And Koskinen was, I mean, really, I we might have mentioned it, but he was a sell-high candidate all along, to be honest, when he was like 8-1-1. Mm-hmm. and one. There was no way he was keeping that up. Dallas, minus 184. They opened minus 160. Everyone hammered him, minus 184. I do think Dallas wins, but you know that's a high price for me to lay. I ain't going to do it because mm-hmm. on any given night, Dreisaitl, McDavid can mm-hmm. go do their thing and win the game. So I do like Dallas, but at that price, steer clear. And I think, too, you know, Dallas in this coaching change recently, I want to see a little bit more of how they're playing. They're mm-hmm. still so far down in goals scored this year. I think they only have 90 on the season, and they're down there in the bottom of the bucket with teams that – you probably don't want to be in the same conversation as at this point in the season. So with that said, I would take a little against the grain on Edmonton here. Again, I don't have a strong pulse on it. I just I don't personally want to see a team with McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl not in the postseason. I think this game will be probably tied in the third period, maybe even into overtime, kind of similar to what we mm-hmm. saw from Dallas and Vegas. And then at that point, it's anybody's guess. So, All right, Monday, DFS plays lineups real quick and then our best bets. There's nothing else we really want to get into, correct, folks? Mm -hmm. All right, so let's fire it off, Peter. So I'm riding the hot hand with Nick Backstrom, who's been great for me. Like I said, Rupe Hintz, top six against Edmonton. He scored a goal over the weekend. Look for him to get going in the coming weeks after that hot start. He's got 12, 13 goals on the season, so don't sleep on him. Uh, despite missing some time with injury. Panarin, Oliver Bjorkstrand actually came into a tie with Cam Atkinson in shots on goal Mm. for the season with over 100. So Bjorkstrand, top six. I like him a little more uh, than Texier uh, for this evening slate against Washington. Duclair, Brett Connolly, who's with Barkov now. Johnny Carlson, spend up every night. Sam Girard, easiest power play, cheap exposure to McKinnon and Rantanen. And then Alexander Georgiev, if he starts... Rangers are my best bet of the evening. Love it. Nice pick for the rags there. Um, For my lineup, I've got a little bit of an interesting strat. I'm looking at McDavid to start off for 9K price point. Very high. I'm paying it, though. I got (laughs) TJ Oshie for 7K. This guy's been absolutely on fire. Love his career numbers against Columbus, too. Get him in your lineup. Got Jakob Vrana, same little stack there, $6,100. These two guys 
I mean, they are like they should have their own TV show. Look at these the clips of these guys on Twitter. They're hilarious before the games. But right? exactly, they're, they're, they're like crazy. the most entertaining athletes I've ever seen. Absolutely nuts. Sure. But get him in their lineup. But then I've got for <laughs> defenseman Alex Petrangelo tonight. I love his staying power at home. He always seems to just rally the troops for a big game. I love that matchup too for a Bobby Watch game. Nice <laughs> plug there for another defenseman, Mark Berwicki for the Ottawa Senators quietly. Eight FanDuel points per game for only $3,600. That is a return on investment if I've ever seen one myself. Nice. And then for goalie, this one I really struggled with. You know what? It's funny because I have Miko Koskinen for $8,100. That hmm. has not been confirmed. So, again, you're going to have to watch this closer to the match. I would take an against-the-grain flyer on Edmonton goalie. I just can't see myself rostering a Nashville goalie. I think even if they win, it's probably going to be a 5-4 type game. All right, those are your lineups. And, Robbie, do you have a uh, a best bet against the grain, you know, lock? What are you feeling on this Monday evening? The I, slate isn't great. No. It's not great. It's typically historically not great on Mondays. The only two teams I'd really be looking at tonight, the one you're going to make money on is Edmonton. If they win the game, you put 10 bucks on that, you're going to make something. The other team that's so fishy, it stinks, would be Nashville. I don't understand why they're favored. I would take them. I would probably do a little parlay there because, let's face it, you're not going to make a dollar on that game. Nashville minus 145. I know Peter took the Rangers as his best bet. That, and I said earlier that I couldn't take Nashville based on the way they're playing, but I do think I'm going to I'm gonna hold true to my theory here that this line is very fishy, and I'll take Nashville at minus 145. And then, you know what, this is a, this is, we threw out a few of these last week. This is a long shot parlay, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to take the Ottawa Senators and I'm going to take the Edmonton Oilers. They're two big dogs and you get a nice payout. Again, throw the $25 on it. Mm -hmm. If you lose, no big deal. If you hit, it's a celebration for a couple nights ahead. I like it. And Florida, to piggyback off what you're saying, I mean, Florida lost to the Bruins over the weekend. They are very quietly falling out of the playoff race all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. They're behind Tampa, mm-hmm. behind Toronto, behind Buffalo, behind Montreal, tied for fifth yeah. in the Atlantic. And you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against just doing a standalone with Ottawa tonight. Mm-hmm. Just standalone with Ottawa. But if you want to make some extra cash, parlay Edmonton and Ottawa, away we go. Peter, anything to say before you wrap up? I like it. I mean, we'll see if uh, Taylor Hall's traded by tomorrow morning when we next record, but uh, good to be back with you guys. Thanks, boys. I have one more thing to say, boys. Good to be back with you guys, too. And secondly, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're getting up there. I think we're, if you include the Canadian reviews, which for some reason don't show up on our U.S. platform of Mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts, but if you check elsewhere, you can see that we're up to around 350. So let's keep pushing here for 400. Give us a little Christmas bonus with the reviews, boys. A little five-star, nice comment, whatever you want to say. And also hit us up on Twitter. Actually, I do have one other thing to say. I wanted to just mention Chandler Stevenson's name because he's Hmm. playing so well with Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. He's gotten both of those guys going since he was traded to Vegas. So if you're in the weekly league with the waiver wire pickups on Monday, pick up Chandler Stevenson. Try eligible in Yahoo, big time. That doesn't hurt. So for Bender, Reese, Jensen, we'll talk to you again on Tuesday here on NHL Fantasy on Ice. Thanks for listening.